RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. Hello, Brian. Hey, Dusty. How's it going? Man, I'm doing well. Mike, how are you? Doing good. How are you? I can't complain. Good. So here we are to record another episode of RPG Lessons Learned. So for those of you listening at home, if you've never listened before, this is the podcast where we talk about our games so that you can learn from our experiences. Today, I, I, I'm pumped, guys. I'm excited. We are talking about the very best game that we played in or took part in at, in, in, at, at Mace 2017. Yes. This- far, far and away. Awesome, awesome game. Good time was had by all. Um, I think in in contrast to our previous episode, there will be glowing feedback. Glowing reviews, yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad we're coming off the last... So we kind of sandwiched last episode between a lot of positivity, because my first game went really well, um, Terror on the Kataro, and then our Cthulhu game did not go well. And then this game was the best game at Con, uh, and gosh, I, I, I... it was awesome to play in a game by a GM who is so far and above my experience and my ability that I feel like I, I walked away learning a whole lot. So we played in the Sanctuary of Sumohu, which is a game run by Mace's celebrity GM, um, DM Scotty. DM Scotty from the YouTube channel, The DM's Craft. So uh, that link will be in the show notes or just search YouTube for The DM's Craft. DM Scotty's been doing amazing crafting videos where his whole shtick is, you know, crafting amazing looking dungeons on the cheap, lots of cardboard, lots of flat black spray paint, uh, lots of, you know, really just cheap materials that he pulls together to, to, into really amazing looking dungeons. And this was the guy running, running this adventure. Uh, so we're going to talk about it today. However, we're all going to be really careful to, to, to give away no spoilers about the plot of the adventure. You mean I can't tell about the end where everybody decided that they wanted to? No. <laughs> it was our um, plan all along. Yes. <laughs> the, butler did it. the butler did it. The butler did it. No, in all seriousness, we are not going to give away any spoilers because it's our understanding from comments that he made that DM Scotty runs this adventure at various cons. Like, like, I get the impression that he, he had run it quite a bit before and was probably planning to run it again. So... Um, if you get a chance to play in this game, oh my God, do it. And we are going to do our level best not to ruin your experience with any sort of, uh, spoilers whatsoever, except to say, my God, the terrain was beautiful, mm-hmm. which is no spoiler. That's what you expect from DM Scotty. Yep. The superior craftsmanship and, and everything that he presented at the table. Yeah. It was professional grade craftsmanship. And I would say professional grade DMing. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really good. Uh, but I'll be honest with you. I think that where dm scotty's at i think the scope of what he does he does way more than dusty does but i oh, think yeah. when it comes to the creativity i think dusty is up there i think sorry not to kiss your butt but i i i appreciate that sentiment but i i can't i can't i can't reasonably accept it man i i don't know when i i don't know i i would so not to not to get ahead of the questions but i would almost say some of that may be attributed to the the type of game that dm scotty was running compared to the type of game that dusty normally runs right so again not to get too far ahead of ourselves but it was a very simple system with a pretty linear dungeon um Um, i mean there's some choices well okay i'm just i'm gonna jump ahead for a second okay because because i can yeah sure because i have a microphone in front of my face and i can talk (laughs) I love the simplicity of his game. Yep. It was masterful in its simplicity. 
And I think that's what a con game should be. Absolutely. I don't think that I don't think we should take that away, Brian, as being representative representative of DM Scotty's entire gaming. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Repertoire. Repertoire. You know, even if it even if it was, who cares? It was phenomenal. It, yes. was, amazing. it was amazing. Yes. Yes. But but I don't want to take away that DM Scotty runs linear games because I bet his games at his home table are just as complex and nuanced as anyone's home game could be. But let me start off with a question that's not on our on our show notes, guys. When I think about business and I, and I think about value stream mapping, you always oh, ask, God. you always ask, would the customer pay for this? You look at a step in a process and you say, okay, would the, would the customer, you know, pay to, to, to have you do this step? Would you guys have paid money to be in this game? Like if DM Scotty was, was at Mace next year and he said, Hey, 20 bucks ahead to play in my game. So would I you pay will, it? I will answer that. With a reference back to our original Mace overall recap episode, if it weren't for DM Scotty's game, I would probably not go back to Mace 2018. So I will give that a yes. Um, I, I go back to we did pay for it, even though he didn't pocket the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it were just that game, I put it this way, value stream mapping, I would, I would pay to be in that game. If he yeah. had a Patreon... Yes, and he does have a he Patreon. He does have a Patreon, which I probably should have. If he had a Patreon and I and I was paying to play in his game, I would back his Patreon. <laughs> Fair enough. So value stream mapping, the game was good enough that we would have paid for it. Yes. And and Brian, to your point, yes, in a way we did. But but we would pay directly for it. So that that's the mark of a really good game. I'll clarify that even further. If if Mace twenty eighteen came around and there was the standard entrance fee and then additional fee on top of that entrance fee to play in DM Scotty's game. Yes, I would play that adi- pay that additional fee to play in DM Scotty's game. And that'd be the only game you'd play in? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, so we, we've broken the questions down, and we're going to talk, talk about the system that he ran, the amazing props that he deployed, um, how combat went, and then a little bit being very careful not to spoil about the adventure itself. So, again, we'll do system, props, combat, and then the adventure. So let's start, start with the system. So DM Scotty ran the Pocket Fantasy RPG, which is available for free. The uh, the creator, Brandon, I'm going to mess up his last name, Goringer. Brandon Goringer puts it out for free. Uh, and that link will be in the show notes to, to his uh, Google Plus community. But Pocket Fantasy RPG, it's a free rules light RPG that, that he put out. DM Scotty chose to run his game in that system. What do we think about that system, guys? Was it hard? We had never played it. We really hadn't even reviewed it before the game. Was it hard to learn at the table? No. Breezy. Um, his brief five-minute description of how the system works before the game was plenty thorough enough to, to thoroughly understand how the system worked. And it's basically a single D6 system, and there are times when you roll 2D6, and, and you could roll your D6 twice, but DM Scotty said, hey, everyone get out 2D6, and we all had it. And and just a real simple game, D6-based. 2d6 at most yep and i don't think we had any situations where we would have needed to roll more than 2d6 nope there were no situations for rules lowering rules lawyering there was a very simple play um there was no real question of whose turn it was to do what initiative just went clockwise counterclockwise around the table super simple system Yep. Um, I miss, I missed fourth edition, to be honest with you. One <laughs> <laughs> I, I um, would, I would almost say it was probably the perfect system to use at a con. At yes, a con. I at would, a con. I would not want to play this every single game. I would no. hate myself. Really? No. You would, you wouldn't play this in a campaign? Not, 
not a long-term campaign. Yeah, so, but for yeah. a one-shot, even yeah. outside of a con, a one-shot, you'd be fine. How many games are we talking about? A one-shot. <laughs> yeah, I would do it a one-shot. <laughs> yes. where, where one equals one. I, I think about our games when we play, and then, oh, somebody's got to go home. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so, so I guess we've yeah. done some one-shots that lasted more than one session, but one adventure. Yeah. yeah. yeah one yeah. adventure, regardless of the number of sessions. I could do it. Yeah, I think that'd be great. But for a con game? It's fine for a con game. Yeah. I might run a game in this in con next year. What I like about con, though, and hey, this this is exactly what happened, is I like trying new systems. Like, I would want to try something different next time. But, um, I mean, if, if it was his game, or it was something that I just want to play because it's going to be fun. But, uh, yeah, I really I really like Pathfinder, I'll be honest with you. You like, you like crunchy systems. I like crunchy systems. To, to your point, I... I, I wouldn't want to run a campaign in in that system because it doesn't have enough breadth. It doesn't have enough depth. It's, it's you say neither that. deep nor wide. You say that. Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna I have since gotten interested in the system. Yeah. And I fully downloaded it from Draft Your RPG. There's a ton of magic items. Is it is it scalable? Does it does it grow as I, the players I, grow? I can't remember the leveling rules. But okay. there there's a fair amount there, man. There there's a there's a lot to that game, to that pretty simple game. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about, I mean, so did it feel right? Mike, did, did you you were a wizard? Did it feel like you were a wizard? So I would have to say that's kind of where it fell down for me a little bit, and why I wouldn't want to play it in an extended campaign. So it was simple, but it was also generic. So basically, I was a ranged archetype kind of character, where I basically had a free ranged attack, maybe maybe not magic. Um, I did have a good list of spells that I could choose from that gave me some good wizard flavor. But once I kind of exist, exhausted those spells for the uh, for the encounter for the day, that was pretty much the end of I'm a wizard. How's that different from from any other wizard in D and D or Pathfinder? Um, when, when you exhaust, I mean, let's talk about BFRPG. You're level it, one wizard. You have one yeah. spell. You use it. You're done. Now you poke things with a dagger. Same thing. None of it was predicated on any kind of stats or ability. Um, there was there was nothing oh, so about the spell. There's nothing about your your um attributes right creating a saving throw dc or a spell attack bonus right so, so i guess i'll say that a con game like this especially this game it's like going to an indian restaurant for the first time and getting a plate of something yeah and then assuming that you understand the breadth of indian cuisine and you don't and you don't yeah it's fair yeah so long story short you don't think your wizard felt like a wizard yeah okay Brian, did your fighter feel like a fighter? <laughs> How do you not feel like a fighter? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, going back to that uh, level twenty was it? Yeah, it was a level twenty game that we did. Was it or twelve? With the uh, Avengers. Avengers was twelve, and then the Demon Hunter game was twenty. Like, yeah, I mean, my character definitely was not as complex as that level twelve fighter. Mm-hmm. But um, but you were well armored and good at yeah, hitting things with a sword. Yeah, yeah, and and my rogue definitely. I mean, Mike, my, my rogue felt like a rogue. Yeah, the the. The sneaking around, the the backstabby stuff, the you know, two dice when I when I attack in, in these situations, it felt very roguelike to me. Mm. So, eh, some mixed reviews on, on on the fantasy feel of pocket fantasy RPG. Um, we've already kind of answered these these two questions. Would we play it again? And would we play it in a campaign? So, would we play it again in a one shot? Maybe is what I'm hearing from you too. Yep. See, I would totally play it again. I would run it again. And then would you play it in a campaign? I think the answer from Brian is a definite no. Probably not. Mike? I, I would I would lean towards probably not. I, I would have to try it out. 
And if I yes. didn't see that there was some growth or some expansion in there, then I would I would switch to a no. Okay, I would have, but, I would have to understand it more to make that claim. I, I don't want to just. It's like the first time I had sushi. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I, I would try it again. Now it's my favorite food. So, are you hungry? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I am. All right, serious question. Let's say uh, one of you was have, having a friend coming in from out of town, and you wanted to introduce them to RPGs. And I said, well, D and D's a little complicated. Why don't we run Pocket Fantasy RPG? Would you say? Yes, that is a good sample of what RPGs are like. Or would you say, no, I really want this person to get the flavor of D20? I would say yes, if that campaign had a lot of RP opportunities to it. I think it would be great in that first experience if it focused more on uh, discovering character and character progression. I would really want them to get bogged down in the mechanics. So I would want them to get bored enough at the table that they just start stacking dice. That's what I want to happen. Yeah, that's that's my concern with D20 stuff. Like when we had your friend or Liz's friend, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. And we introduced him to fourth edition. I don't know. He had a great time. Yeah. No, I agree. And and yeah, I love fourth edition. I don't know if he had a great time. No, I don't. I don't think he did. And fourth edition, let me be clear, brought a lot of people into the hobby. Yeah. Because it was so approachable after years of 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 of. It was just very approachable. It was written to be approachable. And, I still don't know if you had a good time. And we, we tried to make that game as as easy start tutorial open as possible. So we had pre-made characters and simple simple adventure. But yeah. if it had been Pocket Fantasy, I think he might have had more fun. I would agree. All right. Let's let's move on and talk about the props. So DM Scotty is known for the props. And, and I should be clear to those of you listening at home. DM Scott, most of DM Scotty's stuff, if you if you look at his YouTube channel, most of it's gridless. Some of it, I think, in the early days has kind of a nod to the grid, but most of it is gridless. Um, how did you guys feel ab- about about the props? Did, did they add to the game? Yes, absolutely. So so expand on that. <clears throat> they added to the game, but I went in. I mean, they were great. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm nitpicking because that's what I do. Sure, uh, yeah, and we wouldn't have much of a podcast if we were like, yeah, everything was great, we loved it. See you next time. I, yeah. went, I went in expecting to be completely blown away, and I was pretty blown away, but it's like walking onto a movie set. You can actually see that, oh, this castle is a painted backdrop. You can see that this sword is, you know, something that somebody fabricated, and it's not like a real sword. Well, I mean, he didn't have a holodeck available, that's true. <laughs> well, I'm, no, what I'm saying is that I, I could see, like, the Dollar Tree and a lot of the stuff. Okay, you could tell, you, you could look at it and I could say, deconstruct okay, what, here's, what I'm, here's what how I'm, it was made. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, It added a lot for me. Like, like to me, as, as he went room, room by room, he used the same floor room by room. Yeah. A lot of the rooms had some of the same features, like columns and whatnot, but he switched out enough in, in every room that every room felt like a new room to me, and ooh, how are we going to approach this room? Like to me, the, the the props added a lot. It's like it's so it's more like a TV show, less like a movie in the sense the resolution is lower, but it's richer because there's more of it. I guess sure, a, a, sort of a way well, that I like to think about. Bear it. in mind too that he wasn't at home; he had traveled. Yeah, he, he had flown on a plane, presumably, and brought brought as much as he could with him to give us a reasonably rich experience. And it was a very rich experience to be a traveling experience. I would completely agree with that. I, I, I also think that the props added a lot to the game. Um, I mean, partially we were there because of his, his acumen with the props, with, with what he does, you know, for a living in the public sphere and to, to kind of be a part of that and to see his craft in person. 
um, that alone added enough to the game that, that I was very satisfied. Could that game that we played without giving away spoilers have been run without, without those props? No, because of a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah no. I'm not saying anymore Be- because, but. because the props were so integral to the story. Yes. I mean, these props were clearly custom to, this was not a generic set of tiles. No. This was a set of props specifically for this adventure. It, it could have been. That specificity is what I was so impressed by. I mean, Brian, that, that one of the motifs was just carried through oh, yeah, room after room but after room. that also, it would, it could, that could also be done in text. Yeah. It, I mean, it wouldn't be as good. It'd be very, it, it would be like. I'm going to bold this specific part in the text because if I don't bold this, it's in like playing and, and draw it's, it's it out like, to you. It's like playing a 3D video game, like where you have something that you're looking for and there's a shining bright light coming down yes. on it, which is which is what makes the props required. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I tend to agree with Mike. I don't think that that game could have been run without those props. And I, and what I love about the M. Scotty's stuff and what I what I could never and frankly will will never replicate is that specificity. I have a box full of dungeon tiles that are generic. I have a whole stack of maps from Arknight that are generic. I will probably never deploy settings that are specific to an adventure that I wrote, aside from the Kataro, which I built and we talked about you know, two episodes ago. Yep. With very rare exception, will I do that? And, and DM Scotty, I mean, he makes... I bet if you play at his table, Every session, you're seeing stuff that's specific to this adventure that he wrote and these ideas that he came up with. Yeah. And you just you can't get that with generic stuff that you buy. No, I agree. I, I, I would say it's probably a very good guarantee that, that every single game, his his props are integral to the storyline. Do we want to re... Sorry, Brian. What? I was going to say, I think we're making a lot of assumptions, but I tend to agree with I've him. I've watched a lot of his channel. I haven't. Yeah, I have. I've watched it. I mean, he the, the, he puts a lot out there, man. He he makes a lot. He he was awesome. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not uh, taking anything away. I I I loved more. I don't. I feel like you're defending me. Like I'm trying to compliment DM Scotty, and I feel like you're trying to defend me. No, that, my, that, that, my feelings. That was 15 minutes ago. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I, haven't th- I haven't thought about that since. Good. Uh, no. Um, I guess more so. I, I the props were nice. They were great. But what I loved far and away the most was his style of DMing like the sound effects he would make the when when a question came up how he would adjudicate stuff his just general attitude was what made the game for me that that is also a great point I think a lot of that I also took away from and and I'm not trying to kiss his ass but this is totally going to sound like I'm kissing his ass he is genuinely a good natured uh, interactive. He's a guy who's going to give you all of his energy and all of his attention. Oh, yeah. And I think that a lot of that is what made that come through and what made it such a great experience. Yeah. I, so, Brian, you've talked about the fact that you've been a podcast personality for a long time and you meet people at con and they feel like they know you. Yeah. I feel like I know him. Like when he walked in the room, yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed. I waved at him as if he was a friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he walked yeah. in and I threw my hand up like, hey. And I was like, oh, no, you, you don't know. He me. doesn't know me. But. But my daughter and I have watched so much of his channel that I completely geeked out over DM Scotty. Yeah, I, 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 totally, under, I totally understand that. Yeah. And he's a super personable guy, so I, I make it a huge assumption, but I, I would assume he probably gets that pretty much everywhere he goes. All right, let's, so let's finish out the, the, the last question about the props. Um, would we rethink the minis or props in our, own, in our own game? 
because of what we saw, that what he was able to do with specific props specific to his game. Do we want to rethink? I've taken a very props light approach aside from con game stuff, and I've definitely, as far as minis, minis and maps, I, 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 I phoned it in and I used stuff that I've bought. Would you want me to rethink that? I think it's a time constraint, honestly. I, I think if you got to the point where you could make gaming props and be profitable and have that be your primary revenue generator instead of job. Yeah, working. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be clear, is not my goal. No, but I mean... If, I like having a career. If that were an option, absolutely. But I, I think in the reality of time and availability... Yeah, well, so we're okay playing the way we play. Yeah, he, he, he did more terrain props than I would actually want to play on a regular basis. Like, I don't need terrain props. I'm fine with a map. If, I could see that. They were great for line of sight, though. So dig into that for me, Brian. What do you mean by you wouldn't want so many terrain props? I feel that they're awkward, especially when you're talking about walking on terrain. I like a grid. That is a grid. That is a grid. So if I need to worry about how many... Oh, my, my mini, my... Oh, oh, that's what bothered you, is how far could my mini go? Yes, I, 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 I like the precision of a grid. And, and that yeah. goes away. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. He didn't use it with us. He has a whole gridless measuring stick way to approach things. And even, even back in, in original D and D, um, they, they listed movement of, of characters in inches. Yeah. Because yeah. a tabletop play, and there was no concept of a grid. It was just like, you know, Hey, break out the ruler, break out the ruler. And whatever you have, line of, you know, there were rules for moving around corners and all that. It was very much like a, like HG Wells Little Wars. Also, though, I say HG Wells. Did I, did I mean Orson? No, I mean HG HG Wells. Sorry, keep going. Now I want to follow this HG Wells thing. <laughs> he, he, sorry, he he wrote in 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 of Dyson Men. They talk about Little Wars, uh-huh. which is a game system that HG Wells wrote as a as a as an opposing force to Blitzkrieg, which required a lot of purchasing and 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 minis and and a, and a tabletop. Now, Little Wars was a game that H.G. Wells wrote that you could play with literally any set of toy soldiers. Now, later on, did Orson Wells DM a game in that? <laughs> Crap. Now, am I saying Orson or am I saying H.G.? And is it's there a recording H-G, of that? H.G. Wells. I, did it scare a lot of people? No, so like with, with the terrain, like when, when it comes to navigating my character across the terrain, if he's going to stop or she's going to stop at a certain point, I don't want the mini to have to tip over or oh so that, that yeah the terrain being kind of rounded off yeah. like the hills and stuff that bothers you yeah it does it really, it really does i have a problem <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair i mean i mean so we do a grid and, and you're fine with that and i'm gonna keep doing it because i've bought a lot of stuff um let's talk about combat so without no, again no spoilers we only had two fights really were they fun were the fights fun i'm gonna say the fights weren't as fun as the puzzles yeah. The the fights were okay. The fights were generic. Um there wasn't anything spectacular in the fights. Um yeah, I'm just going to reiterate that the puzzles were more fun than the fights. I'm surprised that you would say that. Yeah. Because of All right, I'm going to I had a great time with both fights. The first fight, I got to do some really rogue, roguey stuff. Like I got a couple of backstabs in that I was super proud of. You you got a taste. I got a taste. I got a taste of why Chris is always the rogue. <laughs> Um, I got to get in some roguey stuff thanks to Pocket Fantasy RPG, and I had a great time with the first fight. With the second fight, I didn't get in as much, but Mike, I don't know if you, do you remember how you short-circuited that last fight? Yes. Yes, I do. So I'm, I'm surprised that you're not like, man, that was super awesome and super fun. For me, that was more of a puzzle than a fight. 
I didn't really do anything spectacular in the fight system. I basically had that gimme spell that I could do whatever I wanted, like once a day. And I absolutely used that to short circuit the fight because the puzzle was, I don't want to say obvious, but for me, it felt obvious. It was and pretty obvious. I yeah. felt like he had a moment where he was like, I never thought of that. Yeah. I really, I watched his face and he, when you did that, you were sitting right next to me. You were, you were to my right, just as you are right now. Yeah. yeah. And when you dictated the action that you took, I immediately whipped around to look at him <laughs> to see how he would react. Cause I was like, man, as a GM, I would like, tense up i i knew that i would like tense up and be like oh no he just <laughs> my, short, short circuited my, my. just fell apart <laughs> um but he was he was he, I, I saw him have a moment where he was like hmm and it wasn't like he didn't tense up the way i would yeah he just had a thoughtful moment and he was like yep that happens yeah yeah so yeah. great great willingness to to let the spell do what the spell did and, and let what happened happen on on his part yeah but I had a good time with the fights, and I think that really falls more on Pocket Fantasy RPG than it does on his GMing style. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, for 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 the for the system itself, the fighting the fighting was fun. It was very fluid. It was very fast. It felt like it had consequences. It's a good fighting system. I think I was just more concentrated on the puzzles than the combat. So I guess what you're saying is, the combat was fun. Yeah, but it was just outshadowed by the puzzles. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Okay. Um. Let's finish up on, on, on some of the adventure stuff. And we've touched on a lot of this already, right? So I'm going to I'm gonna breeze through this. So how were... We talked about puzzles. The puzzles were, the for, for all of us, the central part of the game. Yeah. The puzzles were very reminiscent of a 16-bit shooter. Yes. In a good way? In a good way. Okay, in a good, in way. A good way. I was yeah. going to say. It was like a, it was I, like, I couldn't tell if you meant in a good it way. It was like a Sega Genesis game. I can see that. Yeah. But a really good Sega Genesis game that you would talk about years later, like like Fantasy Star Four, like that amazing. I, I don't I don't talk about Fantasy Star Four. Years later. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's one of the games. Other yeah. than it was a hundred dollars when it came out. Yeah, yeah. But no, but uh, like that really great in like deep game, like Revenge of Shinobi or Link to the Past. I was yeah. going to say Link yeah. to the Past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. reminded me of Link to the Past. There, there was definitely some some Zelda esque elements. Yeah. So puzzles are central part of the game. Props are central to it, and, and and they were a lot of fun. They were. I think what was also cool about this game is I think us as a group, as a table, which which by the way we hadn't talked about this, but we had a great group at the table. We yes. did. He had a huge group. He was running eight people. Yeah, which was monstrous. But I I, I think I think and went by quickly too. It yeah, did. it did. He he that that system was the right call. It was. I think we as a group threw him a lot of curveballs he didn't expect. We so, did. We didn't mean to. Yeah, but I think just just with the the group of people we had at the table and the there was a lot of openness of thought was that that we took a lot of left turns that that I think probably probably short circuited more things than he expected. I think we avoided probably three or four combat encounters by the way we solved some puzzles. Yeah, that's fair. And we did end up like like we. I don't know if you guys remember. We finished up super early. Yep. And we walked out of there and was like, whoa. That was the most fun I've had playing RPGs in a long time. Yep. And I can't believe it was only however many hours it was. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. No, it was two, it was it was, it, it was a little over two hours okay. of, of a four hour session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, we got to the end and, and and we did what we did and and gosh, it was fun. I had a great time. I did too. Um, story. Last 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 set of questions around the adventure. Was there enough story? No, I. Yes, there was. It was minimal, and it got out of the way. Yeah. So you needed the story to get out of the way. 
No. You wanted the story to get out of the way. No. Oh, okay. but it was I didn't need it, but it did and I was good with that. Okay, so you were happy that it got out of the way. The story was just something in place to link the encounters and stuff together. The the story was enough to shepherd you through the adventure. There's not more that I can say without spoiling things. Yep. But to me, the story had as much depth as it needed to. Yeah. To support... Well, you know what? We've talked on the show before about how we we kind of... None of us... Dungeon crawls don't make sense to us. Yep. Like, just a pure dungeon crawl just doesn't make sense because, hey, there's a crazy dungeon... Okay, why why should I go there? I can make just as much money catching bandits in the forest. Why should I go into this underground trap filled dungeon? Yeah, that, that just sounds dangerous. Yep. But to to have fun at a con and to do a dungeon crawl game, there was more than enough story to justify this dungeon crawl. Yep. I, I never felt an urge to do exactly what you just said. I never felt an urge to to question why I was there, why I was participating. Oh, and it's clear. I mean, he yeah. has the props for that dungeon. Yeah. None of us were going to be like, nope, nope. <laughs> screw this. I go to the tavern and drink all day. Um, yeah. No, no. And, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's the fact that the system made it easy for him not. If we we're using a different system, I probably would feel differently, but it was just a nice, quick jaunt through a dungeon and. I'm sort of, I'm sort of, I'm having a hard time sort of get, trying it to get sounds the thought like out. You, you, it sounds like you want the depth of a home game at con. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. I appreciate the fact that the system, his props, and the adventure the story work, to, what, work so well together to create this elegant and simple, fun adventure. It was really well balanced overall, where... The game that we talked about last week was not balanced yeah, at all. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Anything, so what can we learn from DM Scotty? What have we learned from DM Scotty? Energy is important. I would oh, almost God, yeah, say... You, you touched on that, and I, and I, I had yeah. stuff to say that I forgot to say, but sorry, finish yeah. your thought. No, his his energy and his involvement as a DM and the way he, he, he just worked with the players at his table just accented, complimented everything he did. His props were great. But I would say his energy as a DM was was greater than his props. I feel like he had fun. Yes. Like and and, and a lot of times when I GM, for me the fun is after the fact. Like it's performance anxiety before. During it's just trying to get everything right. And then afterwards, depending on how I think the players felt, I'm like, okay, yeah, that was fun, or oh no, that was terrible. But I don't really feel the fun in the moment. Even even terror on the Kataro that I that I ran at Mace that that went over I think as well as as it could have it went over great I could do better I could learn from it but it went over great even that I don't know how much fun I had during for me the fun was when the session was over and I was like that went really well and that's when I decided that I had had fun for the last couple of hours <laughs> <laughs> you're such a robot I love yeah. it <laughs> but but DM Scotty I mean you could just as a player, you could watch him having fun as a GM. Yep. I that That's a takeaway for me. I don't know if I have as much fun in the moment. At the same time, though, I question, was he having fun, or, or was it just a performance? I, yeah, oh, that's the a, cynic. Yeah. yeah, the cynic. Oh. I, that, regardless of the truth of that statement, Brian, it made us feel welcome. And yep. and it made a, it it enhanced our experience. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And think about think about the burden a celebrity has, of, and, you know, in in meeting people. And if that celebrity, if he had been cutting us annoyed looks, 
we would have been like, man, DM Scotty. He's a, such a prima donna at the table. Yeah. I'm unsubscribing from his YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, Brian, I feel like it was genuine. And whether that's, whether that's because it was or because he's that good a performer, doesn't matter. Yeah. That's moot. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah, I think we, so that's, we have one real takeaway. The one takeaway is GMing should be fun. And I, I forget that. How has that not come up in any of these shows? <laughs> What show number are we on? This is show number... 34, 35? This is show 34. This is episode 34, and I've never talked about the fact that GMing should be fun. Oops. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, a lot of times it's not. It's not until after the fact. That's that's fair. When we play in our normal game, I go home, and, and, and depending on how the session went, Susan's like, did you have fun? And you're like, hold on, let me get out my well, spreadsheet. No, I, I feel like if you guys had fun, then I'll say, yeah, it was great. Uh, or if you guys didn't have fun, I'll be like, no, I crashed and burned. But I don't know that until after the performance is over, until after the session is over. I mean, when you look at me and, I, and we're actually playing, do mm-hmm. I look like I'm having fun or do I look like I'm, I'm thinking? For me, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be three moves ahead. I'm trying to think about what the monsters are doing. I'm trying to take your input and change the adventure because of it. I'm really trying to enable your fun. And I don't know how much fun I'm having until afterwards. Hmm. Having said that, I'm still addicted to playing. <laughs> you know, that's... But that's, I don't feel the fun in the moment. Do that, I look like I look do? That, that's something I'm going to take into account for our next game, because I feel like you're having fun. There's boisterous moments where we're laughing and joking. That's and true, yeah. We go on tangents and, and talk about crazy things and then come back into the game. But, uh, yeah, next time we play, I'm just going to stop and be like, Dusty, are you having fun? That, and I, I've got to think about it in the moment, too. Because you're right. When Nathan cracks a joke... And, and Nathan's great for cracking the, the really clever joke that none of us would think of, but it, it's, it's like, it's obvious and it's clever that, that mark of really good comic timing. And it's like, yeah, we all crack up. And I'm like, dude, you get inspiration for that. Or dude, if, if that were in character, you would get inspiration for that. Yeah. Um, I definitely have fun in those moments. You're right. I've got to think about that. But hey, great takeaway. GMing should be fun. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for listening. Um, RPGLessonsLearned.com. RPG LL podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, we're on Google Plus. Uh, just look for RPG LL podcast at gmail.com. And hey, email us. Question about the show, question for us, email us. We are proud to be part of the RFC family of shows. So please visit tfradio.net and take a look around, especially if you have any interest in the wonderful world of Transformers. Yes. Where, where Brian is, 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 is well versed and, and, and deeply entrenched. Sadly. (laughs) (laughs) Not sadly. Everyone has a hobby. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned, and we're sharing ours with you.